Okay, welcome along to the Make It Count podcast, and uh, we're here with another episode. But before we get going, I kind of, I had a thought about something we talked about last week in our podcast. Oh yeah? And that idea of everything is created twice, mm. or all things have two creations, and realised I do that with my coaching. I help someone with the first creation especially in the first in a series goal session where we say hey where do we want to be in four months five months time and you imagine it and then i step with them towards the actual creation of that oh yeah so if you're wondering how do i do that first creation book a session yeah that's a very good point i think you do a very good job of it so go and do that folks (laughs) And uh, yeah, actually, uh, one of the things that has been said about me is I love questions. Um, Susie of Dan and Susie fame has said that, uh, David, you are a question champion, uh, which is interesting. And that sort of, that's a big part of coaching, but also that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. We're doing a book review. The book is called Curious, The Power of... Or to, The Unexpected Power of a Question-Led Life by Ooh. Tom Hughes. Unexpected. The Unexpected Power of a Question-Led Life. First impressions of the title, Matt? I like it. Uh, it's a bit of a shame that the subtitle isn't a question, you know? Yeah, that was my main drawback about the question, uh, the question yeah. about the book. I feel like they missed yeah, yeah. the goal, you know? But, oh well. <laughs> yeah, okay. that sounds interesting a question led life mm. what do you think a question led life might look like it's a good question David what do you think <laughs> hey I'm the question champion here <laughs> uh, what does a, I suppose it, it probably it means you turn up willing to with a recognition I don't know all the answers I'm going to ask questions here and mm. so you turn up with a mindset of curiosity and learning. Yeah. And obviously, Curious is the title of the book. Yeah. Now, right off the bat, Tom Hughes, he's a pastor, a Christian pastor. So that influences maybe some of the stuff we will talk about today. Um, but uh, yeah. Oh, one thing that came up in the book, maybe it's not the most important thing, but he sort of talked about curious and the root of that word being the same root as to care. Mm. And that, so curiosity is really, in some ways, caring. Curiosity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For those of you who like to mangle two words together, me, Matt's representing me. Me. <laughs> me. I like to make up new words. Right. So, I've read the book. Matt hasn't. No, he's got some I questions, haven't. but he's going to riff off some of the answers, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> we're together. We're going to interview the book. Yeah, there we are. Da-da-dum. So, David, you've given us a brief intro into just sort of the title of the book and even given us a small bio on the author. Is there, um, is there a structure to the book? How, how is it laid out? Mm-hmm. He has chapters. No, <laughs> no way. way. I know, it's crazy. I did actually uh, read a book without chapters oh, and it was a bit of a mangle tough. mess. Yeah, well, I think, is it three parts? I'm just checking, two parts. Part one, why questions matter for the life of faith. And part two is asking our way to the world God wants. Okay. So, with with that sort of structure in mind, I don't know, maybe this, 
<laughs> the, the note I have here is just sort of tell me about the book, but I feel like I, you've already kind of done that. Mm. But if I were to just say, David, what would you say the main message of this book is? Ask more questions, especially if you're a leader. Ooh. Tell me a bit more about that second one, especially if you're a leader. I think he basically recognises, probably rightly so, that many leaders feel the pressure to always have the answer. Yes. And they are the guru, the expert. People come to them because he has the answer. And as a Christian, he says, well, I look at Jesus, who, by what I believe is the son of God, he literally did know everything, and Mm. yet he asked more questions than anybody else. In fact, he asked more questions, and when people asked him questions, he almost never gave a direct answer. Yeah. And so he said, well... If that's our model to ask questions, why are so many leaders going up and trying to have the answer and feeling the pressure to always have the answer? Mm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So did he give some sort of explanations as to why that might be the case? Why we are tempted to to then especially leaders, to not ask questions, but to go in with the answer. Hmm. I think we feel like we're recruited for that. I suppose the main thing he talked about was maybe the benefits you'll experience if you ask more questions. Sure. So personal benefits from asking more questions is you'll feel less pressure. Yeah. You, You allow yourself to not know the answer and you allow yourself to ask other people what they think. You You still probably have the final say, but actually you take the pressure off yourself and uh, you enjoy the journey. You you actually get further by asking better questions. He said the benefit for everybody that quote-unquote follows you is that they are then forced to wrestle with it. They have a greater creativity. They get to demonstrate some innovation and some wrestling, and they feel empowered to then be a part of it. And actually, as sure. a leader, probably one of the responsibilities is to raise up people that do that. If you even answer, they're not doing that. They're just you know, turning up with 50% of their brain. If you're asking them tough questions, they have to fully engage. And so you get more out of people by asking good questions. So he said, really, you create higher caliber leaders, but also you release some of the pressure of yourself. Mm. So is it fair to say that a large part of the book is aimed towards those who are in leadership position? Or is this really applicable to anyone? It's, of course, applicable to anyone. But... I think he primarily expects people who are leaders, okay. maybe especially Christian leaders, to be reading this book, or maybe the more likely people to read it. Mm. So, <laughs> is there? Uh, oh, let's just say this: is is there sort of a list of a few questions that he was like, these are some of the best questions that you can ask, or? Is it a bit more open than that? Um, I th- well, it's each chapter really keys in on one question and how that might affect how you perceive the world or how you might ask that question of yourself and of others. And sometimes he's looked at that through, hey, like I saw Jesus ask this question, or sometimes it's, yeah. And so you, it's framed around these different questions. So there, there are a couple that stood out to me. One is really at the beginning. And this is really applicable. Both the two questions I'll talk about are really applicable to everyone. The first one is, what are you looking for? Mm. 
That's a great open-ended question. It's really good. It's really broad. And you want to answer it straight away and you go, oh, well, I probably need to think about that one for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the ones where I suppose we've talked about it before, but the why train almost. Of, you can answer it, but then what's underneath, what's underneath, what's underneath? Mm. Mm. What are you looking for? Mm. What were some of the other good questions? So the other one I quite liked, I think he labelled it sort of the grief question um, or the grieving question, but it's, what do you want me to do for you? And it's in those moments where someone else has had something tough happen in their life. They're in this grief state, whether it is a, a death or otherwise. It's so easy for us to want to do the right thing. And, and often that can end up with all well-meaning just being a trite cliche. Not helpful. Or it can be, oh, I think they need this help. Yeah. And sometimes that's not helpful. And sometimes it's what you said, ask the question, what do you want me to do for you? Mm. And initially it might just be, I don't know yet. But actually you're positioning yourself to almost help them recognize that you're there for them. Yeah. But not pre presumptuously. Sure. I think the the one that I've heard many times sort of and it feels cliche but it's like you know oh if there's anything that you you know we can do let us help but that if actually almost you know oh maybe there isn't anything whereas the what can I do for you or what do you need me to do mm. does make the presumption of there is something uh, because we have some level of relationship and friendship or whatever it is mm. you may not know yet but the offer is that not just if there is, but when you know what it is, I'm here to. And it might be that you have to answer, ask that question again in a couple of weeks or a couple of days or whatever. Mm. Mm. Wow. So, does he does he talk a little bit about in the book? This is something maybe you've talked about in some of your things, but like, what's the what happens if we don't live a question-led life? What's the danger of not living a question-led life? Oh, I don't recall that. It's not something I wrote in my notes when I wrote about the book. Mm. I don't know if it came up. I can postulate. Um, Go on then, let's postulate. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe I, there's a story he tells at the beginning. He said he's on this school bus. Not school bus, actually, they're on a youth time away. And there's a couple of leaders and... He's asking all these questions. And one of the leaders goes, oh, stop asking all these questions. Like, just listen to the answers and get on with it. And then that leader goes and sits somewhere else. Right. And he's like, he still remembers that moment. But there was another leader in that space that was like engaging with those questions. Like, oh, yeah, he's asking questions. I'm engaging with that. I'm going to say, oh, sometimes I don't know the answer to that. That's a great question. Let's come back to it. And really just allowing that space for those questions. And he talked about how that really shaped his life. And actually, if if we aren't asking the right... Basically, the questions allow us, or the questions you ask, probably dictate the life you live. Ooh. Go on then, tell me more about that. What are you looking for? If you're asking that question, that's going to shape the way you live because you're going to start to go, actually, 
what am I looking for? Mm. If someone looked at my life, what would they say I'm looking for? But if you never ask that question, it's that thing we talked about before, design or default. You're defaulting to somewhere else. Mm. And, and so, and if we have just accepted easy answers and we haven't wrestled with the question, when someone else asks a question, that can raise an, uh, almost an insecurity in us. Like, oh, I haven't wrestled with that yet. Just listen to the answer I've been given. And so in, in asking the questions, that, that shapes the way we live, probably. Wow. Oh. Oh, go on. You were going to say. I was, I, I was, well, no, you've, you've, go on. <laughs> oh, I just checked my notes and it was interesting because uh, at the beginning of most of, Oh, every of the chapters, he writes a little quote and something from the Bible as well. And he said, at chapter nine, the one at the beginning was, the one who asks questions does not lose his way. He said, that's an African proverb. Ooh. I have another proverb. I don't proverb. know where it's from. It might be a Chinese one. I remember it from before I went to university, but it basically says, the one who asks the question is a fool for five minutes. The one who doesn't ask the question remains a fool for the rest of their life. Yeah. And it's obviously that idea of why do we not ask questions? Because we're afraid of appearing a fool in front of all these people. Mm. But in not asking the question, we really are a fool because we don't know the answer. Mm. And we've, we then put the assumption or we, we put the impression that we do know the answer mm. and then we're worse for it. But why is it foolish to not know the answer? Mm. Why, is that, why is knowing the answer the most important thing? Yeah. You know, why is, or even worse, having a wrong answer, like the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, you think if I was, if my deepest desire is to actually get closer to truth or to learn and grow, then my inclination should be ask all the questions. There aren't any stupid questions because it just gives me truer knowledge and understanding. But if actually what I want is to appear clever and wise or whatever, um, then I'm not going to open my mouth. Mm. And, and it's interesting because my fiance is a teacher and she talked about a situation recently in one of her classes where a kid put their hand up and said the wrong answer and everybody else started laughing at him. And she came down mm. like hard and was like, like that's not appropriate. Mm. Like, that's not the right response to someone getting a question wrong. Yeah. That's a great learning moment for that person but actually, and she basically said, it's because they're so used to competing with one another. So if someone falls down, it means you're not the lowest rung anymore. Yeah. But it's like, oh, we're talking about questions here. Well, actually, that's an opportunity for learning. Questions are an opportunity for learning. And if we think it's about having the right answer more than asking the right question, then we're so wrapped up in appearance, really. Hmm. Ooh. Interesting. So... Would it be fair to say that, almost in summary of that, like the danger of not living a question-led life is that we are closer to, well, a superficial surface image-driven reality rather than a deeper, I don't know what a better word would be, but like an actual search of Mm. pursuit of truth sort of thing. Mm. And I wonder as well if basically most of us are quite lazy. And that actually, mm. if if you're the expert, I come to you. I want you to give me the answer, so I don't have to think about it anymore. It's right. Much, 
I'll probably forget it. We know that that actually, if I get a quick and easy answer, I probably haven't remembered it. Yeah. But actually, if I come to you and be like, hey, what's this? And you turn around and ask me a, a different question or me, and I then have to wrestle with it. It basically stops me a la- like being able to be mentally lazy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so there maybe is a curious, we have to really be quite engaged and intentional when I've had several times in my life where people have said nobody has ever asked me that question before always it feels like a win like <laughs> I've asked a question and nobody has asked you before <clears throat> wow. and but it means that suddenly they've had to think in a different way mm. in a new pathway in their brain and some people like the idea of that those are people I want to work with some people don't like that they just want to be comfortable and they mm. don't want to think about things and I sort of think I I struggle with that a little bit maybe I don't want to connect with you so much interesting <laughs> I mean and I think a lot of it is a well yeah I think you can be trained into it you can grow used to okay I'm moving from for perhaps a fixed mindset and a mm. life is just what it is and I've got my lot in life but to a, a growth mindset of, oh, it's exciting to grow, it's great, and yeah, it's going to be challenging, not easy, but I, I'm excited about that. So to slightly switch it up, is there anything from the book that surprised you? Uh, well, in, in some ways, maybe. I just liked it. I thought it was well-written, well-structured, uh, it is, is explicitly Christian, Um well, it's explicitly of, Christian, like lots of swear words and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I, I was I was impressed with some of the questions he asked, and maybe some Christians wouldn't be comfortable asking. Okay. Um, the local question, the global question, those sorts of things. But uh, I mean, there were a few things that I liked about it. I'm trying to see if I can wrangle one of the stories he told in there. But I'm not sure I can I can connect it. But I just thought it was okay. a good story. Well, go for it. Well, I have to read it because I don't remember it very well. But it's a, it's a historical story. Um, and it's one of the great stories is a story of the English Duke of Wellington facing the French commander Napoleon in a great battle. The future of England was in great uncertainty. A sailing ship signalled with code flags to convey the news of the outcome to another signalman at the top of Winchester Cathedral. The first word was signalled in, Wellington. The second word was signalled in, defeated. Then a, co- uh, a fog came down and the ship could no longer be seen. Wellington defeated was the news that was spread across all of England. There was great gloom. But then the fog lifted about three hours later and the signal came again this time with two words that were lost from the first message. Wellington defeated the enemy. Once the people had gotten the true news, their response radically changed from gloom to rejoicing. All across England, you could tell which version of the news people had heard based on how they responded and how they were living. Wow. Oh, I like that. What a story. Yeah. So how did that connect with questions? It's about foundations really and have you got half the half the message really but i suppose if you don't remain curious you might only get half the answer Mm. you know it's uh maybe i wonder about the winston churchill quote isn't it uh a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has got its trousers on something like that yeah and it's like oh yeah if we if we don't remain curious we get half the answer yeah (laughs) 
yeah and a half truth is no better than a lie maybe even more dangerous mm. so maybe to slightly well to slightly maybe to round this out one more question and then we'll, we'll talk about how we can think about how this makes us make it count is there a question that you would ask of the author after having read this book maybe which question is he asking now hmm is in like in this season of life yeah well I'll ask that question to you David what question are you asking now I suppose one of the questions is what does married life look like Mm. Um, and yeah that's kind of an exciting thing yeah would start and and actually like as as i was saying that i realized yeah, sitting down and actually recrafting that i've done a little bit of that but actually not just hey what does it look like that's a good question but actually thinking about the answer yeah. or what that can start to look like and it, i mean as we as we really land in on this there was one other quote that i really liked um, that i think is useful it says you can tell whether a man is clever by his answers you can tell whether a man is wise by his questions. Mm. And uh, I just, maybe as we wrap up, we're talking about making it count. I think the questions we ask probably allow us to make it count or not. That that can so often determine the direction of your life. And probably if you think about it in your own life and maybe in some of your friends, you know what question they're really asking mm. or what they're really looking for. And and that's that's important for us to start wrestling with those things. I think those questions make a difference to where we're going. For sure. I love that. I think that's a great place to end this one. I'm just going to close out and ask one question of our listeners. What are the questions that you guys are asking yourselves in this season? And to tie it to some of our other discussions, our default design question, conversation... What do you guys think are maybe some of the default cultural questions that we slip into and are asked in our culture at the moment? Mm. Love to hear your answers at makeitcount.pod at gmail.com. I think that's it. Yeah. Makeitcount.pod at gmail.com. Check in the show notes. I always put it there when I upload the podcast. Real. We love hearing uh, from you guys and emails. See you guys next week. See you next week. <laughs>